Romans chapter 9, and I will read from verse 1 onwards. I tell the truth in Christ. I'm not lying, my conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Spirit, that I have great sorrow and continual grief in my heart. For I could wish that I myself were accursed from Christ for my brethren, my countrymen, according to the flesh, who are Israelites to whom pertain the adoption, the glory, the covenants, the giving of the law, the service of God, and the promises of whom are the fathers and from whom, according to the flesh, Christ came, who is over all the eternally blessed God. Amen. I'm going to continue to read before we go into verse 6 and further. I just want to clarify what Apostle Paul says over here. He's not saying that he wishes that uh, he'll take the place of the Israelites and, you know, if he can go to hell, he'll go to hell for the sake of his people. It's not what he is actually saying. That's not what he is desiring that, you know, he becomes a curse. No. What he is saying is he's expressing his grief and he's saying, wish these people know who the, the weight of what God has in store for them. They're not understanding. I wish I can somehow give what I have. That's all it is. It's important we don't take uh, messages that God has given and read into it or take it out of context or take it without the revelation of the Holy Spirit. This is the burden of Apostle Paul. He says, oh, the burden for my people. It gives me such grief. God is speaking to our hearts today. What kind of a burden do you have for your own people? What kind of a burden do you have for your own family members? What kind of a burden do you have for your community? What kind of a burden do you have for people? Do you have the burden that Apostle Paul had? A man who was counted faithful by God because he was faithful. He really had that love for his people. I wish they know what I know. I wish they understand what I understand. The burden was so much for him because he understood what God reserved for them and how they're not receiving it. That burden has to be there. What will that burden do? That burden will drive us to pray for our people. It is important. Prayer is vital when it comes to the salvation of our own family members. If we don't pray, if you say that, well, God will somehow do it. It's not going to somehow happen because he has you in the plan. Because he wants you to do it. You have to do it. You have to do your part. And your part is to pray with a burden. If you don't have one, ask God. Let the Lord give you the burden. Let God give you the burden. Let the Lord God give you his burden so that you can pray and you can ask God for the burden for souls. God is speaking to our hearts at this hour. Tell the Lord, Lord, 
give me the burden that Apostle Paul had. You can pray that. Lord, give me the burden that Apostle Paul had. Give me the burden that Apostle Paul had for his people. I want them to know you, Lord. I want them to know you, Lord. And seek God for it. Don't just say, Lord, give me the burden that Apostle Paul had in Jesus' name, amen, and then go about your business. Really need to understand what Christ has given you first. Apostle Paul understood what he had in Christ Jesus. And he also understood what they were also given in the spirit realm, but they have not inherited it. We need to have understanding. So I pray that God give you that understanding as to what God has given to you. If you're sitting and eating at the table, you need to know they're all out there begging in the streets. They're all out there eating from the garbage can. They're all out there not getting what you're getting. Oh God, oh God, may they also get what I get. Lord, may they also become partakers of what I'm partaking of. And may you pray with that same burden. God will answer your prayers. We're just going to go to verse 6. But it is not that the word of God has taken off no effect for they are not all Israel who are of Israel, nor are they all children because they are the seed of Abraham. But in Isaac your seed shall be called, that is, those who are the children of the flesh. These are not the children of God, but the children of the promise are counted as a seed. For this is the word of promise. At this time I will come, and Sarah shall have a son. Not only this, but when Rebekah also had conceived by one man, even by our father Isaac, for the children not yet being born, nor having done any good nor evil, or evil, that the purpose of God according to election might stand, not of works, but of him who calls. It was said to her, the older shall serve the younger. As it is written, Jacob I have loved, but Esau I have hated. I'm going to stop right here because there's a very important scripture that we need to know and understand. What does this mean? What does this scripture mean? What is God saying here? What has God given to his people? There's something that was reserved for his people. See, in order for Jacob to inherit the blessing that God had for Esau, Esau must reject that blessing. This is where we see our God is an all-knowing God. He sees the end from the beginning. He's not someone who says, well, I'm giving you two kids and I have one kid I will hate and I will love the other. No, that's not who God is. When God gave these two children to Isaac and Rebekah, the Lord already saw Jacob. The Lord already saw Esau. When God saw in his foreknowledge that Esau will be a squanderer, 
Jacob will be someone who will eventually fulfill the will of God. God chose according to his providence and foreknowledge. He chose Jacob over Esau. This is how it happened. And that's what election and predestination falls under. You can take this and you can put the parable that Jesus said. And this parable God has been speaking to us during this uh, past week. Where he calls the people. He calls the people. There are names there in that list. People who are invited for the wedding feast. And the worker goes and he calls the guy. Come, we have the wedding feast. And he says, oh, I just got married and I can't come. Thank you so much for the invite. I can't believe that I was on the list and thank you so much. But you know what? I wish it was next month. Or I wish it was a month ago. No, I can't come. So sorry. What did he do? He thought that he was making himself look good, but he just missed it. There are people like that. Then he goes to the next guy and he's on the list and he put, okay, this guy's not coming. Let's go to the next one. Next one also full of excuses. He says, oh, I'm so busy. I have business. Oh, don't you know that? I just bought a field. I'm so sorry I can't come. I can't believe that, that I was invited. I can't come. I just happened to get this. I just happened to get this. Push. It would have been a month earlier or even a day earlier. Whatever excuses people give. People are full of excuses. What they do? They miss out on the blessing of God. So what happened here? He was called. He was called. How does the choosing take place? That's the main thing. This guy was called, the next guy was called, the next guy was called, the next guy was called. All of them, if they would have said, I'm coming. At that point, when the invitation comes and you respond to that invitation at that point, you have been chosen to come in. When you make that choice, you fall under the category of the chosen. Not before that. Before that, you're called. You're called to be chosen. The choosing comes when you choose God's choosing, his choice. The called are destined to be chosen. But if you reject the call of God at that point, what happens? You are taking yourself out of that call and no more destined to be chosen because you pull yourself out and someone else take that place. Someone else will take that place. Someone else takes that place. God is speaking to our hearts today. Esau was called for this blessing. That's why we see God say that. He forfeited his blessing. After that, he cried and cried and cried. He didn't get it. He was called to be chosen. He was destined to be an heir. That's why he was made to be the firstborn, not the second one. Jacob could have been born as the first one now. 
Esau was the first one. Rightfully, the birthright belonged to him. Rightfully, all the blessings that Isaac should have blessed Esau with, but went to Jacob, belonged to Esau. It was all reserved for him. That's what calling is. He was called for it. But the God who sees the end from the beginning already saw that this guy will despise the birthright. This guy was eh. I need this now. Porridge, porridge, porridge. I need porridge. I'm hungry. I need this need of mine to be met, so I will do it my way. He sold his birthright. God saw this ahead of time. But what else? He's a guy who will bring grief to his parents. They're going to do the opposite of what they say. God saw all this. God also saw Jacob. He's the younger, but even though he's the younger, he's going to be someone who will not despise the blessing. He values the blessing. He's faith that, that this birthright will do something for him. He has faith that when his father blesses, that blessing will rest upon him. And therefore, he wants that blessing. God also saw that this man will be a man who will fight for his blessing. Because Esau despised that which God had for him, which is his birthright. He just rejected that which was esteemed honorable before God and given to him. God also despised him. We need to understand that. In that parable that Jesus said, those who were invited to the wedding because they rejected that invitation, the king says, make sure that they don't enter in. I will make sure that they don't enter in. That's what happened to Esau. The God who sees the end from the beginning saw Jacob and saw Esau. And he said, I've hated him because this guy will grow up and he'll reject the birthright. Why is it so important? Because it's connected to the birth of the Messiah. It is connected to the Abrahamic covenant that God made with Abraham, who followed God in everything who left his land, who left everything for this very thing to happen. And you know what this guy says, Esau? Who cares about the birthright? Who cares about my grandfather? Who cares about his covenant? Who cares about I don't care about this. And he was somebody who despised the very covenant of God. When that happened, what happened? God said, you despise that? I despise you. He who honors me, him... Will I honor? If you despise him, he will despise you. You need to know that. If you despise the presence of God, he will despise your presence. You despise his word, he will despise you. You need to have that in mind. If you honor him, he will honor you. So the focus here is God who saw the younger. He said, Jacob, 
I have loved. Jacob, I have loved. If someone comes and lies to you and says, God loves everybody the same. Oh, liar, liar, liar. That's not what the Bible says. There's a place where God loves those who don't play games. God loves those who truly esteem his word. God loves those who will truly fulfill his will. Yes. God also sees the devious. And God says, my soul utterly hates such people. God of love. God who is love himself. Hated Esau. Hated Esau. Yes, he did. Jacob, he loved. Why did God love Jacob? We saw why God hated Esau. That's the right thing. Why did God love Jacob? Because God saw Jacob's life. In his foreknowledge, he saw Jacob to be someone who will go after the plan of God, the blessing of God. Jacob knew that unless God blesses him, he can't live. Lord, unless you bless me, I'm going to let you go. God is looking for such people. Those are people that God will really love. So if you're after what I have for you, it's the prophecy God is speaking at this hour. If you're after what God has for you, God will do everything to make that happen in your life. If you go after God to fulfill the plan of God, you go after the blessing of God because you want to be a blessing to him. I want to repeat this. If you go after God for the blessing of God so that you want to be a blessing to him, let me tell you, he will set your love upon you. I will set my love upon him because he's known my name. He will do special things for such people. God will do special things for such people. You want God to love you like how he loved Jacob? then you should be someone who go after the blesser. Not the wrong way that Jacob did listening to his mom, but the right way Jacob did when he was by the Jabbok River. And he said, God, unless you bless me, I won't let you go. I tried to do it the wrong way before and I failed miserably and I went through suffering because of that. But now... I'm here at this place. I know when you bless, it will remain. I want to get it the right way. And I'm going to persevere. I'm going to persevere so that I can become a blessing for you. God is speaking at this hour. Jacob was turned from Jacob to Israel. The caterpillar is turned from caterpillar to being a butterfly. The rejected stone is turned from being a rejected stone to the chief cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing. Jacob being transformed into Israel is the Lord's doing. 
the caterpillar being turned into a butterfly is the Lord's doing. The rejected stone being turned into the chief cornerstone is the Lord's doing. It's the Lord's doing. Those who have the desire to become that which God wants them to become in order to benefit the king, in order to be that which God wants it to be, God says this, God will turn your life around. God will take away the uselessness from your life. God will make you into something that you've never been before. You can never be on your own. With the supernatural hand of God will accomplish that which he alone can accomplish. That's where this transformation takes place from being a caterpillar to becoming a butterfly. From being a rejected stone to becoming the chief cornerstone. From being this Jacob who struggled and struggled and struggled and struggled and struggled all his life. He thought that if he tricks his dad because his mom's dead and go to his dad and get all the blessings and all of a sudden he'll have all the blessings. And even though the father said, you have this and you'll have that and you have the dew from heaven and you have this and you'll be this and you'll be all those things his dad said, nothing came to pass. Not because what Isaac said was wrong or it was a lie. No, not because his blessings that Isaac said were ineffective. No, they all had potency. They were very potent, but it was not able to take place in Jacob's life because Jacob was not right before God. You cannot be a hostile ground to blessings. And expect the blessed things to take root in your life. You have to become a fertile ground so that God's blessing can land upon you. And it cannot come with trickery and deception. Now you look at Jacob. Having received the blessing of God, blessing of God through his dad, who was a man of God, the spirit of God moved through him. Even when he blessed him, nothing landed on him. Instead of that, sorrow and misery accompanied him. All the way to Laban's house. And from there, the deceiver who deceived his dad and deceived his brother was deceived there. Jacob thought, okay, I'm going to go. Hey, I see Rachel and Rachel looks very pretty. And in his mind, he thought that I'm going to have a beautiful wife and I'm going to have a nice family and I'm going to work here. And my father-in-law is going to give me this. And after that, I'm going to have a nice family and we're going to have peace and we're going to have kids and we're going to have this. And we're going to a lot of dreams for Jacob. But that's not what happened. The opposite happened. He got married and the first thing was surprise. The person that he thought was going to be behind the veil with somebody else. Then he had to work for another seven more years. And after he got the wife and she's like crying out, I'm not able to have a child. I'm not able to give her a child. I'm not able to have a child. No peace. Now you have two women to deal with over here. No peace. And there you have the father-in-law there cheating him every time. He said, I'm going to give you this wage. And he kept changing his wages. 
There he realized his wickedness. He repented before the Lord God Almighty. And there God started dealing with him. And little by little, God started blessing him. He still had a lot of sorrow from what he did. God is speaking to us today. We don't have to go through this. If you go to the blessed directly, God will bless us. You don't have to go through this. Crooked means. Crooked means can never be a blessing. However, out of these two, God saw, I can actually work with one because he wants the blessing. I can get to a place of honesty by causing him to face his own deception. He put him before Laban, who was a greater deceiver than Jacob. Meet your match, Jacob. Yes. So what happens here? Every time he got deceived, what he did before his dad, what he did before his brother kept coming before him. He had to face his sin. He had to face his folly. He had to face his deception. That's where the thorough repentance happens. Jacob. Jacob. Look what you did. What have I done? You'll be thinking, what have I done? What have I done? What have I done? What have I done? Certain things you do, once you do it, you cannot reverse it, remember. Certain choices that you make, once you do it, you cannot reverse it. You cannot reverse it. That's why it's very important to be in the will of God. Jacob thought that he will have something, but he had something else. Ended up having sorrow and misery. But a God who is able to change everything worked with him. In the meantime, made him face himself. He came to a place of the Jabbok River where Jacob had to be removed from his life and Israel had to be brought. A new person, a new person in God where the old nature was gone and because of the new nature, a new name was given to him. Jacob have I loved. Why? Because of the complete change that Jacob gave himself over to. The change that came from God. He was no more the Jacob who went and deceived his dad. He was no more the Jacob who went and deceived his brother. He was no more the Jacob. Who tried to strike a deal with God after doing all these horrible things. Saying that, well, if you will give me clothing and if you will give me food. And if you will just bring me safely, then you can be my God. Oh, really? Really? Abraham's grandson? Totally opposite to Abraham's character? Oh, how Abraham would have wept if he would have heard Jacob say these things to God Almighty. Oh, God said, well, all right. Keep going. I'll be with you. I'll be there to make sure. That you face yourself and repent. So that you come to your senses. And then you will return. Before that, no. You can't go back to your place the way you came. Oh no. 
When you go back to your place, you will go back as a different person. Thank God for his mercies. Whom the Lord loves, he chastens and he corrects. Thank God for his mercies. Thank God for his mercies. That's the love of God. That's the love of God. Jacob, have I loved. The love of God chastened Jacob. Chastened Jacob. Until Jacob was face to face with God. And face to face with himself. No more of the old Jacob. There's something new that is taking place. The ugliness is taken away. Because Jacob said, I don't want this. This is where God wants you to come to a place where you say, I don't want this. Not to say, I don't want this, but stay there. No. When you say, I don't want this, you need to get up and walk out of it. That's what will show God that you don't want this. God is speaking to our today. In this month of March, God is going to do tremendous things. God is going to do glorious things. Are you going to be a partaker of it? See, before Jacob and Esau were born, God already had a plan. God already saw Esau. God already saw Jacob. Jacob didn't have to go and do what he did. He didn't have to listen to the wrong counsel from his mother, but he did. That's what led him down the downward path. If he would have said, Mom, this is wrong. This is wrong before God. I'm not going to do this. If God told you this, then he will bless me. I'm not going to do this by crooked means. He should have said that. He didn't do that. He listened to the ungodly counsel that came from Satan through his mother, Rebecca, which led him down this downward path of suffering and tears for many years, many years. What we do certain things, you cannot reverse it. Remember that God is speaking at this hour. Our choices will either bring us joy or bring us grief. No. We see here, God says, Jacob, have I loved. Jacob, have I loved. Someone says you can't do a thing to make God love you more. Oh, that's a lie, big lie. When you love God, Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. And when you do, he says, my father and I will love you. It's a special kind of love. You can make God love you more by doing what he has told you to do with all your hearts, mind, soul, and strength. He will love you in a special way. He'll come and stay with you, not with those who don't love him, not with those who don't obey him, but those who obey him with all their hearts, mind, soul, and strength. God will come and love them in a special way and he'll come and stay with them in a special way. Jacob, have I loved? Want to experience the love of God in a unique way? You want to experience the love of God in an intimate way? Do you want to experience the love of God the way that God wants you to experience? Then you must love Him. You must give Him the time. You must talk to Him. You must esteem His word. You must believe on His promises. You will experience the love of God in a unique way in this month of March. You know whom God loves? God gives special thanks. When God loves those whom he really loves, 
He'll give his choicest blessings. He will reveal to them his heart because he knows that those who truly love him will listen to his heart. God is speaking at this hour. Jacob, how I loved. Esau, how I hated. Jacob, how I loved. Esau, how I hated. Jacob, how I loved. Esau, have I hated. God loves those who truly follow him, who truly love him, who truly change the way that they are, who truly yield themselves to God and say, God, I am in for this change. I don't want to be like Esau. The reason why Esau was rejected was because he rejected God. He rejected the things of God. You reject God, you reject the things of God, you reject the plan of God. He will reject you. He'll take the next one. Even though Esau was chosen, even though Esau was called, by Esau rejecting the call of God, the call of God from Esau transferred to Jacob. Jacob became a person. He became the person who would do the will of God so that the Messiah can come through his line. God is challenging you tonight. Will you be the Jacob in a generation? Will you be the person who fulfill the will of God so that what God wants to do through you can be accomplished before the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. Or you'll be like Esau. What did Esau do? Esau went after the things of this world. Esau looked for comfort. Esau looked for sinful pleasure. Esau stands for sin. God doesn't want you to go after the things of the world and forfeit the eternal things that God has for you. Esau was foolish. Don't be like Esau. Don't fall for that which will take you down. Go after that which will cause you to inherit every blessing that God has for you. Esau didn't have faith in God. Esau couldn't wait. Esau was not able to wait. He said, well, I'm hungry and I want food now. He didn't have the wisdom to wait. When Jacob said, hey, give me a bread trial, I'll give you the porridge. He should have just said, well, I don't need your porridge. I cannot give you the birthright. And if he would have prayed, God would have given him the food that he needed. His mom could have called and given him the food. Something would have happened. God would have provided somehow for him. He didn't have the faith to turn to God. How sad is it? Think about it. These are Abraham's grandchildren. Both didn't have faith at that point. Guess what? Mother, Rebecca, who was walking with God once upon a time, who went to God when she had difficulty in her pregnancy, she went to God and said, what's happening in my tummy, Lord? What's happening in my womb? 
God spoke to her. That's how tight her relationship with God was. Both Isaac and Rebecca were not able to transfer their prayer life to their children. Both the children were different from Isaac, where Abraham and Sarah were able to transfer their faith and their prayer life to Isaac. But Isaac and Rebecca failed in that. Esau was faithless, and Jacob also did whatever his mom said, did not stand for that which is right. He didn't have his own walk with God. He didn't. God is speaking to hearts today. You can transfer what you have if you have. If you have it, make sure you transfer it. You can have something and not transfer and end in a disaster. God is speaking to our hearts today. Be someone who is loyal to God. God will bless you more than you can ask or imagine. In this month of March, make sure to spend time with God. Make sure to give the time to your family, to your children, to transfer your faith to them. If you don't do it, you will fail before God and fail before your children. God is speaking to the hearts today. Abraham had to keep his covenant with God in order for God to bless him and fulfill the promise. Isaac had to keep his covenant with God in order for God to bless him and fulfill his promise. Because the promise is big. It's big. Nobody's going to give you uh, an, an expensive diamond for a dollar. You say, I'll give a dollar, give me, you know, a million dollars worth of diamond. No, no, I'm not going to get it. No. If you want the big blessings that God has for you, make sure you follow him faithfully. Make sure that you keep your part of the covenant with God. And everything that God has for you will become yours. In this month of March, God says, you'll experience the love of God in unique ways, in different ways. God will express his love to those who love him and who are loyal towards him. God is speaking to us at this hour. In order for God to say, Jacob have I loved is a big thing. Jacob have I loved. Jacob have I loved is a big thing. You need to be a person who comes to that place at all surrender and risk where you say, Lord, no matter what happens, I'll be able to say, oh, take the whole world. Not only would give me Jesus, I won't give the Jesus that I possess now. You can take the whole world, but I won't give the Jesus. In exchange for this world, I will not. I will not trade my Lord. I will not sell my Lord. I will not sell the truth for anything that comes before me. If you're such a person, 
God will be proud to take your name in his mouth. God will say, I love this gem. This is the gem. This is the precious gemstone. And God will do mighty wonders on your behalf. He'll move heaven and earth on your behalf. God will continue to minister to our hearts as we seek him the next two days in his presence. But this is very important, what God has spoken today. God wants to transform you from being a rejected stone to a cornerstone. God wants to transform you from being a useless person to being something useful. God wants to transform you from being Jacob to Israel. There is this work of transformation that God wants to do in your life. God wants to make you into something that you can't make yourself into. God wants to give you something that but you cannot get on your own. God wants to deposit something eternal inside of you, something glorious God wants to do in your life. God wants to transform you. You need to stay. I want to say the scripture before we conclude for tonight. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. In due time, God will lift you up. Until that due time comes, that humility has to be seen throughout. Until that due time comes, the humility has to be seen throughout. You know, when the, when a person is given over to humility, And humility is all that is seen. When God exalts them, they'll be like Mordecai and Esther. Even when they're in a prominent place, all you can see is humility still. After a caterpillar is transformed into a butterfly, all you can see is the butterfly, no more the caterpillar. When you give yourself over to the working of the Holy Spirit, Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. And God sees a genuine humility throughout the duration that God has you. Locked in. He's forming you, forming the nature of Christ inside of you so that the old nature is not seen. That Christ dwells in you will be seen. The Spirit of God says, you do your part, and I guarantee you, I'll do mine. You will no longer be the same. You'll be something extraordinary, from being useless to not being ordinary, but from being useless to being extraordinary, is the promise that God gives to his people who are here tonight, who has the faith to believe and hearts to obey because that faith is genuine faith. Shall we pray? Father, I thank you, Lord, for this night. Thank you for your word that you gave to your people. You're the Lord God who speaks. You speak your good word to your people. Thank you for what you're going to do. 
moving us from a state of uselessness to a state of great usefulness to God is what you're going to do beginning this month of March to all those who will say Lord I yield myself to you that you're going to prepare them for something far greater and I pray may each and every single person yield themselves to the working of the Holy Spirit Lord to stay under the mighty hand of God humbly so that you can work on their lives so that you can change them completely so that nothing of their former self remains that the new person that you create in them through Christ Jesus that alone be revealed that they may become great blessings in the hands of the living God. Once again, I thank you, Lord, for bringing us into this first day of this new month. Thank you for your great grace and your great mercies. Father, you have spoken to us much tonight. I pray that you will help your people to take it in. Meditate on it. As we come tomorrow, you will be speaking to us even more. I pray that every single person may have their cups clean and empty so that God can fill them even more. That there be no leaky vessels, Lord. That there be no vessel that would come with contents that are displacing the God. But I pray that every vessel here empty themselves completely. Come to the presence of God and the Lord can fill them, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you for speaking to us. I pray that you will continue to minister to your people this night. I give you praise. Thank you for the new things that you're going to do in this month of March. Thank you for the victories that you will give us in this month of March. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for crushing the head of the serpent in this month of March. Many times, many times you're going to crush the head of the serpent in many different areas in this month. And I see that in the spirit. And I thank you, Father. Thank you, glorious Savior, for the triumphant, victorious cry that will rise up from our midst to the living God. For the Lion of Judah has gone before us. And we praise you. Praise you, praise you, praise you, praise you, praise you. Thine is a kingdom. Thine is the honor. Thine is the glory. Forever and ever, we offer to the only King who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or imagine. 
according to the power that worketh in us. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. May the Lord bless us and keep us. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon us and be gracious to us. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon us and bless us with his peace. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, may the love of God the Father, and the sweet fellowship of his Holy Spirit, rest and remain with us all, now and until we see Jesus face to face. Amen. Amen.